So here we are on Splitting Hairs. Uh, today's episode, we're joining um, a, a director of photography and director, uh, Bailey Picorni. Hey, how's it going? Good. Currently nursing a lost voice, but we'll 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 get what we we'll go with what we go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about your hair real quick. All right. What are you? What do you visualize? What do you? Uh, what would you like to see? It's funny because like uh, I met you through uh, Melio's and you cut my hair, and every time I came back, I haven't found anyone that could do as good a job with curly hair. So. <laughs> Yeah, you've got the curl going on. I love uh, it's you know it's you gotta love what you got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm thinking definitely getting uh, especially when the summer months arrive, mm -hmm. the when the sun hits it can get like kind of like crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm thinking taking a lot of the length on the side and the back and kind of and kind of keeping it messy on top and maybe like trimming up the bangs. A little bit, yeah, yeah. but keeping it pretty much a, a good amount of length just. Taking this in mm -hmm. and and yeah. this out in the back. Yeah, you can pretty much I just that. lose that. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking too. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And if you get any kind of inspiration, you know, just let me know. But go ahead. <laughs> go with it. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna start with it dry. Uh, for just because I'm gonna use the clippers a little bit. In the sure. Back, just to eliminate the length that, you know, that we Clip. don't need. Yeah, gotta honor the procedure. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Alright, so... Is it agreeing with the lav? Is it what? Has it agreed with the lav mic? <laughs> yeah. Alright. So... What's been going on with you? Well, um... Suppose the most recent thing that's been going on with me is that I worked on... Probably the highest quality project that I have. Oh yeah. Uh, I was the director of photography, uh, and to those at home or, or in this room that uh, that do not know uh, the meaning of a director of photography, yeah, uh, or cinematographer, mm -hmm. it is the person that is in charge of the camera and lighting department mm -hmm. uh, of any given uh, film set. Uh, TV, uh, to a lesser extent, reality. You're uh, not really like dealing with like content or like the actors, like as far as what. Yeah, the, the storyline or anything like that. It, yeah, well, when it comes to performance, that's specifically the director, mm -hmm. uh, and that's uh, so that that is probably where the the passion lies with me. But I definitely do love being a director of photography. But in terms of like uh, content. Uh, the director of photography uh, is kind of like where the technical and artistic uh, sides of the, the film process kind of meet. There are many departments that do that. Yeah. Um, but one of the things, uh, well, kind of suppose the overarching theme to it is that it takes all of the visual elements and it kind of molds them to help tell the story visually. Right. So, you know. So that's like kind of where you're, yeah. Yeah. So. What, what, you know, ideally what you want is for the visual style, the, you know, the framing of the shots, the composition, all to kind of emphasize what's going on emotionally with these characters, what's going on for the overarching story, um, and kind of like uh, a good way to think about it is the sign of a, some, some good cinematography is that if you can understand what's going on in the, in the picture to an extent with the sound off. Okay, so that's so funny. Um, 
we were just talking about this before you came here. Uh-huh. Um, where I was talking about a specific, uh, we were talking about horror. Oh, I love horror. Styles of horror. And yeah, that's that's my jam. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it seems to be like pretty, you know, close to every director or you know videographer or whatever part uh-huh. is pretty consistent. <laughs> mm-hmm. But and we were talking about like you know some of the scariest movies and styles and stuff. Do you, do you have I a was, scariest movie that you like? Yeah, we were, I was talking about, um, have you ever seen, um, it's called, uh, well, there's two versions. So there's an American version, it was, they, they redid it, but the original was uh, from Spain, um, and it was called REC. REC. Oh, there you go. You is it like, is it, no, is it like a found footage kind of film? A, kind of. Like Blair Witchy? It's, uh-oh. Sort of. <laughs> no, no don't, you're don't right despair. though. Yeah, you're right though. No, but it, it it's it it is it's a it's a uh oh like a a woman that kind of is doing like a, a a documentary style type video uh where she's visiting like um, a firehouse and things go awry. And spookiness basically. ensues. Yeah, and it's not so much found footage. It's like, oh, this what this wasn't the intention, but here we are and here's what mm-hmm. came out of it. Are you seeing from from the from the lens that the woman's using? Yeah, from the video camera lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it, which at, at some points it does get like uh if all that's going on, how are you still holding a camera? Yeah. You know what I mean? But, yeah, there's a there's a layer of like uh, uh you know, uh, suspension of disbelief, right? Right, right. When you right. watch Blair Witch, it's like, would I really be but holding on to that? The American version is called Quarantine. Oh, that sounds familiar, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. Oh, I saw the trailers for that. Was it any good? Oh my god. I think for me, like any time anyone asks me, that is the scariest movie I've ever seen. Oh, right. Like it just uh like it's It's pretty spoopy. And the yeah, and and so they they redid it. And they did a really good job of um, like following almost literally per frame. Oh, nice! Um, of the original, our you know record. Mm-hmm. And um, but what you were saying though is, I was like, you know, I watched the the original version after I'd seen Quarantine, so you know that's maybe not totally a fair assessment. But I didn't read a single subtitle. I you knew exactly what was going on through every. Every, you know what I mean? You didn't need to, you, oh, didn't yeah. need, you didn't need to hear anything. It was done like, you know, like what you're talking about. That's exactly. Oh, that's excellent to hear. Yeah. Especially when it's all in Spanish. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was funny because I, I, I love uh, foreign films, but sometimes I have a hard time because my eyes aren't so great. Even with my glasses, I know I'm going to always have that, that issue even, you know, throughout my, as I get older and yeah, yeah. all that good stuff. So like as you know, my eyes have gotten worse. I've always kind of been like, ah, oh, foreign film. <laughs> no, I need to title. read while I watch. Yeah, yeah I understand. I, you know, I, I, I'll do it. I just have to be like prepared. You know, yeah, like, in that. need to be emotionally, physically, and mentally prepared to watch it. Yeah. So, um, but in this case, you don't need to. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. I'll have to check, check it out. out. I, I, I might, you know, not have to worry too hard. I, I also speak Spanish. You do or uh, you don't? I do. You do. Okay, mm-hmm. so it would probably be even easier for me. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm a layman when it comes to that. I don't, I don't know if you would. I would use the word layman. layman I mean, yeah, I native know. native English speaker is pretty. You know, there's no shame there. <laughs> yeah, I just always, I always, kind of wish we just learned more. You know, yeah. Or we're forced. You know, it's part of our curriculum. You know. Yeah. Did you not have to learn Spanish in school? No. Really? No. I had to take. I think like at least a couple years of it in middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. But I ended up taking about six from like eighth grade up until the end of high school. 
Uh, well, probably like sixth or seventh. Um, but and it all disappeared. Uh, yeah, because if you're not using it, yeah, it's, it's just like it turns out if you don't use it, you you're lose not it. Playing every day, you're mm -hmm. not going to keep up. It's, it's like, and it even crosses over to hair. Yeah. If you're not, uh, you know, that muscle memory, mm -hmm. you're not doing it every day. But if you come back to it, it will come back. Yeah, I was gonna say it doesn't mean it's lost. Yeah. It just means you know. Yeah, I was just uh, last May. I was uh, traveling for the whole month solo through Peru. Uh, yeah. And you know, I, when I got there, they're like, "Oh, do you speak Spanish?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Okay." Blah, 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 no, no, and no, I'm just like, like, "Uh, no, I don't speak Spanish." Yeah, but then by the end of the month, and I was like, "I was doing the blah blah blah." Like, so yeah. it was because uh, it came back. That it, it comes back, and uh, there's something there's something about uh, you know learning from a textbook is you know it's all well and good, but it does not uh, kind of put definition to emotional memory. Like, so yeah. it's like, oh, it's like, oh, mariposa means butterfly. Uh, it's like, okay, that's just a vocabulary word and you'll get it right on the test and forget about it forever. But when you're, you know, in the jungle and you see them and you have to like speak to the, you know, the natives or whomever is with you in that moment, like you have that experience, that emotion, that visual memory and you're like, oh, mariposa. Yeah. Uh, and so it's a much deeper, it's like a brain massage. And then the more you delve into it, you start, the languages will actually start uh, kind of contesting in your brain and you'll start thinking in Spanish. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. Cause, so, like, I didn't, you know, you were saying, like, with school and stuff, like, mm -hmm. I didn't uh, uh, do the Spanish. I um, I took many years of French. Oh, there we go. Parlez-vous français? I don't. That, that's all I know how to say is, <laughs> so. Um, but the, I had my, my, my motivation for that was that, um, uh, French guys. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> not even. Um, however, I very well received in my department. But um, no, it was uh, my relatives. My I have a whole side of my family um, that are Canadian. Oh, and, nice. Yeah, and uh, the French Canada. Yeah, and like you know, one of my uncles is a, a, a mount or was a mountie, and I have another cousin. No who, way. Yeah. Were you able to speak French to them? Well, so when I was little, yeah, um, absolutely spoke it. Or I don't know how much I spoke it, like because I, I don't have a memory of it, but understood everything that was happening around me, and, and they all, you know what I mean, were nice. fluent, you know. And um, uh, from what I've been told, was I, you know, I, I was uh, not fluent I, necessarily when you're that, you know, little. Yeah. But I always knew what was going on around me, and I always used to think, you know, growing up, that I just loved how it sounded and everything. So it was here where I was obsessed with friends and going there. And oh, dude, yeah. Well, you, you, you know, you got to make it full circle now by watching a French horror film. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I, I was all into, so when I was like in high school, like super young, I was, uh, you know, obsessed with France, and I wanted to go. And my grandmother finally took me there, and. Um, and then, like you're saying, at first it was like, oh my god, but like I was kind of the, not the translator, but I was kind of the communicator yeah. for our little group. Yeah, and you, you know, there are many kinds of communication, so you kind of start to pick up. Once you have like a little bit of the words, you can like understand that there, you know, the, the deeper layers of mm -hmm. communication, kind of the language beyond words. But what I did learn pretty quick, though, is, uh, you know, actual uh, French from France. Oh yes. Very different than the French in yeah. Canada. You have to or, learn yeah, I'm learning you know, the curse anywhere, words. South yeah. Africa, wherever wherever they're they're speaking. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, Peruvian French Spanish, is a, a you know, main language. 
Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh yeah, dude, travels where it's at. So Peru, though, you were in. What 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 were you doing there? Well, let me let me let me organize that. <laughs> I I was. Uh, so one of one of my uh, longtime passions has always been to uh, kind of do work like they do for National Geographic, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. and you know like should should that job ever come to me by, by if photography was my you know in my that's absolutely the, the where I would be too mm -hmm. yeah I absolutely totally hear you. Uh, I know that they hire locally which is very responsible of them these days and uh, the whole company's kind of gotten overhaul but uh, I when it comes to like. When it comes to matters of where like the passion lies in one's heart, it's like I'll keep doing it until someone pays me, and if they never do, I'll never stop doing it. Right. Uh, and so I was down there uh, doing my own filming. Uh, just, just on your own, just mm -hmm. sort of like I'm, I'm going to do this. And yeah, I'm just, just going to head out it and do it. Just happened to be the thing to do, you know. Uh, so I was. Uh, were you teamed I, up with anybody? No, I was all solo. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Look at you. Try. That's pretty brave, though, because that, it's not exactly like a territory that you can just. You know, it's not like going to, uh, you know, uh, the Bahamas, you know, yeah, like, it's, it's like, you know, yes, it is not. Peru is pretty intense. There's a lot going on. Well, there. yeah, and it was, it was funny. I was going in the middle of their presidential election, uh, you know, wow. and by no means was it a dangerous place, but it was just like so, you know, goddamn interesting to, because everybody there is like, oh, yeah, politics, super corrupt. Um, so we're just choosing the next one. And, yeah. I, and so it was it was fascinating. And I. I even saw like some rallies where they were uh, kind of parading around and cheering on their candidate. But uh, in terms of like safety, I never felt uh, like I you was. You never not... felt like you were. No, I stuck out like a sore thumb. You know. I was gonna say, was being an American like. Well, a... yeah, it definitely, because uh, <laughs> and it's funny because like as a straight white male. Uh, rarely do I get to feel as though uh, I'm exotic in any way. Right. <laughs> so, going there, being six foot two, bright eyes, uh, and oh, light yeah. skin, and you know the Peruvian people are, are a, a shorter people. Um, well, a they bit. are. They're they're definitely. Uh, and so, it's I, I got a lot of looks, uh, you know, and it's fine. Uh, you know, you start to not worry about it. But I'm also carrying around like a backpack with a tripod and camera equipment, and people are just like, oh, "What the hell is this guy up to?" Yeah. Um, so were you made, were you in um, like cities? So or? I started in Lima, uh, and Lima is very beautiful. Uh, and parts of Lima can be like parts of Chicago, and it's the same kind of thing. Like if somebody comes to visit Chicago, like we are the murder capital of the United States. Like you just don't go to some places. So it's like that with with Lima. Like you know, you just kind of. Uh, it's very helpful to you know to to research or to know someone that can kind of tell you which neighborhoods to avoid, just like here. Um, you know, and, and even if you find yourself in that place, it's not like you're immediately going to be in danger. Yeah, I would um, say, like, I, I don't know, I have, I have a whole bunch of feelings about that, like, with Chicago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I feel like, know. you know, they, they say, you know, all that about, like, the murder yeah, capital, but, like, for like, the most part, I think Chicago is, like, one of the friendliest places. Yeah, and, and no matter where you go, uh, just despite, you know, uh, what, what some population may do, like, people in general are just trying to, to live their lives. So mm -hmm. as long as you kind of, and you know, there are always going to be rough times and wrong places at wrong times, but like, you know, as long as you just kind of be respectful of the, the space and the land that you walk on, it should uh, treat you with respect back. Yeah. Um, but so you were by yourself the whole time? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, and so I started in Lima, and Lima's great. Um, you know, there's like a, 
I spent a lot of time in Miraflores, which is like a suburb by the sea, like the ocean. And that's one of the things Chicago's missing. Two things Chicago's missing, the ocean and mountains. Damn. Um, but uh, it's beautiful there. Uh, and then I uh, linked up with a tour group that landed me in Cusco. Mm -hmm. And Cusco is tucked right into the Andes Mountains. And that's the closest like, mm, like city with an airport near Machu Picchu. <gasps> did you actually go to Machu Picchu? Oh, you know I did. Oh God, that's like when I, so you know, everyone's got a bucket list or oh, maybe not everyone, there. but I think everyone should have a bucket list. Oh my God. That's one of my big yeah. things on there. Uh, yeah, going, Machu Picchu. going to Machu Picchu, like everybody tells you like, oh, it's one of the wonders of the world. It's pretty cool. And then you see pictures and you're like, that looks pretty cool. Yeah. And then you go. And it's probably and a whole. It's, yeah. It's just like, oh, it's this cool. Like yeah. it, it is, it is one of the most humbling uh, and world expanding moments uh, that I've ever, you know, uh, yeah. had the honor to, to, to be a part of. Wow. Um, you know, awesome. you can just feel uh, the energy of that land surge up through your feet. Yeah, mm -hmm. I bet. Um, so did you get some like cool shots? I did. I, I, I hiked through the mountains for three days and two nights. Uh, filming and doing time lapses of the stars and you can see the Milky Way out there. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like so unbelievably beautiful. And, uh, just so what to, did you do with that? that uh, so I, I, I edited it all together. I still need to post it. I've got a little distracted. Yeah, I, see, I yeah, totally want to check it out. Absolutely. I, I, I'll post it on my Vimeo page. I think it's pretty close to done. Um, but it's, it's got, uh, it was, you know, a very amazing experience. Um, and then from there, I went to spend a couple weeks in the jungle, uh, in Iquitos near the Amazon river. Um, mm -hmm. and the Amazon's uh, absolutely beautiful, you know, uh, everything, Scary, but, yeah. I mean, yeah, everything there wants to kill you. Exactly. Um, but it's, it's such a different, um, kind of like culture, different, just feeling. Um, cause I was in Iquitos, which is a town that there are no roads into. You mm. have to fly. Really? You have to fly. You have to so fly in. It's just surrounded by jungle. Oh, and there's, but there's like a town in the middle of it. What yeah, kind of town is kinda, it? Is it like, like a, a, it's like a, like a third world city. Okay. Um, and you know, it's, it's, uh, the buildings can't be more than like three, four stories tall or else they'll sink into the river. Um, uh, cause the ground can't yeah, support it. Yep. Indeed. Uh, but it's very interesting, you know, like folks out there are in a different mode, they're in survival mode and the, the town is kind of built off tourism. Um, so you really got to get humble and not worry about like, cause you know, I'm a giant white guy, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like everyone's coming up and asking, you know, me to buy things and you just kind of have to pull away any kind of, there's, there's, you know, just don't be offended about it because like, this is just how these people survive. Right. Um, and, and once you just tell them they're not going to buy anything, like I had some guys, you know, like, Hey. You want weed? You want coke? And I'm like, no. And he's like, okay. Well, what are you here for? And we just start chatting for half an yeah, hour, you're you know. Like, like you and it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they, you know, once, once, you know, it's not as if money's the only thing they're interested in, you know. It's like, it's just, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, it's just like once, once you kind of not worry about that and not let that uh, like affect you in any judgmental way uh, or vice versa, you know. Um, you just have these very interesting conversations with people that you never would have had an opportunity mm -hmm. to talk to. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, and and the Amazon River is one of the most beautiful places. You know, they've got dolphins. What? They got dolphins in that river. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? How do? How Freshwater do dolphins. dolphins. Get there? Freshwater dolphins. How do they get there? I mean, I believe it connects to the ocean. Uh, in so Richmond, they just kind of like. They've been living there for, uh, I mean, uh, many, 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 many years, uh, thousands. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm not sure the origin. But uh, they they are freshwater dolphins. They're pink. Uh, because of the krill that they eat. What? 
Yeah. Oh my they're, gosh. I they're like a very ugly variety of cute. Okay. They have like these big like lumpy heads. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so are they friendly? Like can you, um, can you, it's not, they come, you know. It's not quite like a SeaWorld experience. No, <laughs> like, no, I assume uh, not. They, but... they're not. They're not angry or anything. They're not dangerous, but uh, you know, you'll always look at like pictures of brochures that people like swimming with them. But, oh really? Yeah, but so I I, I did not. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I would. You could not pay me enough money to get into the Amazon. River. There's a lot of stuff in there, you know. There's a lot, you know. I, I'm, I'm afraid enough of our just the ocean. I, well, you know, you know. So it's funny that you say that, because the first time that I ever set foot into the ocean uh, was the Great Barrier Reef in Australia. Uh, and because, and that was because it was my biggest fear, <laughs> and I was like absolutely, I was terrified of the ocean. So, so was, that's so, my biggest fear. Yeah. So I was like, well, I guess the, so I guess what I really got to do is just go jump into, <laughs> I just got to go jump into it in Australia. Yeah. Um, and it was like the, and you know, no pun intended, but it was wonderful immersion therapy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, oh, was, a, that was a bad pun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, once, like, I think. Uh, I got certified uh, here in Chicago, and for I for scuba. Scuba. Uh huh. Oh my God, you did it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I lived on a boat for three days and two nights out um, right on the Great Barrier Reef. Um, and wow. once, you know, I think I realized that the probably the scariest part to me was the water going over my head, uh, and so I jumped in uh, first time really uh, ever in the ocean, and uh, I had a <laughs> I had a uh, Oh man, what country was he from? Uh, he was from New Zealand. Uh, this uh, guy from New Zealand, uh, and he was like, um, "Okay, you need to deflate your BCD, uh, and which is the buoyancy control device, which mm -hmm. is like you inflate uh, like a life preserver." And so the only thing keeping me afloat, and he's like, "Just deflate that," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> just deflate. Just, it. just sink into the ocean. Okay, cool. <laughs> like the giant blue sea of death. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so. Uh, I ate up like a quarter of my tank of oxygen just kind of freaking out there. But once you get your head underwater, yeah. and once you really kind of like immerse yourself in that world, uh -huh. to me it was one of the most peaceful and serene and beautiful opportunities that I've ever had. Uh, and and kind of, well, th things like fear, doubt, depression, anxiety, like they can work like a check engine light on your on your car, uh, the car of your of your body and your, and your spirit, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I, I, I knew that that fear was something that I needed to kind of dive straight into. Right. Uh, and upon doing that, it was incredibly freeing, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel the same way, like, about I, I've been so afraid of the ocean, but it's it's just, like, fear of the unknown, like, what you don't know. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, there's a lot of... It, it, it's, and you're working in, in more dimensions in the sense that it's not, you know, uh, it's not on a flat plane. No. Uh, stuff above, stuff below. Yeah, and a lot of, I mean, there's more un, um, unexplored uh, territory in the sea than mm -hmm. there is on land. And yeah. that just kind of scares, uh, something yeah. about that is terrifying to and me. I, and I'm not sure if this is a 100% uh, uh, correct figure, but I, I have heard that we have explored less of the bottom of the ocean. Uh, we know more. We know more about the surface of the moon than the bottom of the ocean. That's exactly what, yes. that's though, what I mean. Yeah. Though 99.9% .9 of all figures are made up on the spot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
That's that nope. is. Never mind. <laughs> I have. I've heard joke. that. Now I've read that. That I, was the joke. And I think that's what scares the crap out of me, though. About uh, it. But yes. Uh, but you know, once once you get down there, like I. So my third dive of my first day uh, there mm -hmm. was a night dive. Um, so all you've got is you got a little glow stick attached to the back of your oxygen tank, and you got your little torch, your flashlight. Uh huh. Um, and so it's just, all right, Bailey, jump into the. Yeah, and, and so before we got down there, the goddamn dive instructor was playing the Jaws theme. Oh, uh, okay, I was going to say, like, that, that's... He I, was I really psyching it, us up for it. Uh, yeah. And a song called Reggae Shark. <laughs> he doesn't want to bite you, he just wants to smoke the ganja. Um, as the lyrics go. <laughs> so, I mean, he seemed like a cool shark and all. Um, but... Um, so there, there comes that moment again, and jumping in is always the hardest part, right? So it's like I get to the to the edge of the boat, and it's like here's this big black sea of death, um, and then you just jump in, uh, and actually at night, so so the way that light travels through water, mm -hmm. um, so uh, thinking of sunlight as white light, um, mm -hmm. as it travels through water, the diff the many layers of just all of the things uh, within the water, all of the particles and just the water itself, mm -hmm. uh, break apart that light signal, that wavelength. And the only wavelength that is uh, kind of, for lack of a better term, strong enough to reach depth is blue. Okay. And as is the reason that the ocean appears blue. Okay. Um, and so when you're down during the daytime, you're maybe 60 feet under and you're seeing all of these it, like it's three story tall just walls of coral you know it's like a city mm -hmm. um, the whole thing's like the length of germany um, oh, wow. yeah it's amazing and uh so but when you're down there all of these amazing corals look blue but when it's a night dive and the sea you know is colorless or black um and you have the flashlight before you you pointed at the coral yeah. and there's no immense layers of water in between you and that uh, that light. So you, so a night dive is more colorful than a daytime dive. You point it and you see all these colors on all these fish and all these corals that you didn't see during the daytime. And, and, it, and you look up and it's kind of like a little bit of moonlight, a little bit of light from the boat, and it's one of the most serene experiences that I've ever had. We, we, and I'm, you know, it's, you're surrounded by three-story tall, just like walls of coral. It's like you're in a crater on the moon. Yeah. Uh, and the dive instructor uh, t went to all of us and turned all of our flashlights off. Uh, well, you know, it's, you know, so if, if I had any fear left, there it went. Yeah, right. <laughs> and your body is really good at kind of keeping you in check, right? It's like, you know, uh, the, the deeper part of your, of your mind is like, well, Bailey, if you begin to really breathe heavy, you're going to run out of oxygen and you're going to die. So you should probably not do that. probably just stay uh, Yeah, and so you, your eyes adjust and it's, you know, just like being outside in the forest in the pitch dark, you can kind of see. Yeah. And then he starts swishing his hands around like crazy. And these tiny bioluminescent plankton start lighting up. Oh. Like these little fireflies in the ocean. So I'm surrounded by fireflies in a crater in the moon, you know? It's one of the most magical experiences I've ever had. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, uh, it, it was very difficult to feel afraid. Um, but, <laughs> you know, the, the, the test of fear came later as we were coming back to the boat. Uh, I, before that, I, I was swimming around some sharks. Uh, so gray reef sharks, they're about five feet long. Um, and, you know, they're, the sharks are kind of like dogs, right? If you don't freak out, they don't freak out. Right, that's what I've um, heard. Yeah. People <laughs> told me that, and I'm always like, yeah, 
Well, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know like, it depends okay. depends on the shark, but you know, like I as I'm I'm six two, and most you know most people are taller than you know uh, four or five feet. Uh, so it's not as if the shark is trying to like really take down something their size. They're just trying to you know they're just trying to have an eat. Um, so unless you specifically look like you shouldn't be there and freaking out, they're really not interested. They're um, kind of, yeah. They're like, oh, thing. whatever. I'm a shark. I don't really got to worry too much. Yeah. <laughs> so, but there was one fish that kind of freaked me out. Uh, a fish that I did not know existed in the ocean. Wow. <laughs> and so we're swimming back. See, that's my biggest fear, oh, that, that, yeah. that, that whole experience. I, <laughs> I knew what it was when I saw it. I just didn't know they got that big. So oh, I, no. uh, so we were swim, swimming back to the boat. Um, and so where, in, in terms of like density, uh, as you rise, the oxygen in your uh, oxygen tank and in your lungs expands, mm -hmm. and so you kind of begin to float more. And as you sink, it uh, contracts, and you're able to sink quicker. Okay. So, if you're not kind of keeping an eye on your buoyancy, uh, you can rise a little bit more than you intended. And so we're right under the boat, and I rise a little bit more than I've intended. But all my mates are under the boat. Uh -huh. um, and so I just I write myself and I'm just waiting to kind of exhale and let out a little bit of air the BCD and trying to make my way down and I shine my flashlight up to the boat and three feet away from the ladder that leads back onto the boat, onto the boat. Dry Thre land. <laughs> yes three feet away from freedom was uh, so have you heard of barracudas Yes. So did you know that there is a species of barracuda known as the Great Barracuda? Yes. So they get about five feet. Uh, so it's like I, I, I shine my light up to see this mechanical, uh, you know, like silver scale shining back at me attached to these like three inch fangs. It's like looking up at it, this gigantic... I mean, they look scarier yeah, it's than like, sharks. Yeah, it's like it's this gigantic dinosaur, this prehistoric like Godzilla fish. Um, looking at me, and so he's just kind of idling near the ladder, like, "Hey, what's up?" What and, are you guys up there? and it was this fascinating moment to uh, in understanding my my own heart and uh, mind and body because I look up and my my mind was like, "That's pretty terrifying. That's kind of scary, you know." Uh, but my my breathing didn't change, my heart rate didn't go up because the, because the the survival instincts will kick in, mm -hmm. and it, and it harkens to this this concept of like, let's say you come, let's hope you don't. But let's say you come face to face with like a jaguar or some kind of yeah. wild animal. Um, yeah, bear, whatever. Yeah, if you uh, bears are a little more complicated, and but yeah. <laughs> for for True. for the specific metaphor that I'm making, but yeah. uh, but if you run, you're instructing them in in a language beyond words that you're yeah. prey. Yep. Uh, so. But if you but if you show too much aggression, you're challenging something that you might not win. Right? right. So if you hold your ground, you know, stay calm, uh, be in a place of not being overpowered, but not overpowering. Um, yeah, it's like, well, you're, you know, it's kind of like just being. Like, yeah, being exactly. Like looking, together. looking to this other animal as an equal, and 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 not uh, yeah, freaking out and catalyzing any intense emotions like you know, anger, yeah. fear, anxiety. Uh, and it's amazing. It's just a very, uh, it's a very strange flavor of tranquility. Uh, and there I am looking at this animal that could easily murder me, but has no reason to want to. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, <laughs> I, I, if you inhale, you rise. 
and he was directly above me. So I exhaled everything I had out of my lungs, just like very, very, very casually, just like, <sighs> like everything's gone, not, don't breathe in yet. Uh, and so I'm sinking down to my friends under the boat. Um, and Were you like, no, yeah, you know, so in, in dive speak, uh, you've got, uh, this is Barracuda. I'm not sure if the camera can see. This is Barracuda. This is big fucking Barracuda, if I can say that. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and this is Shark. Um, and so I didn't know the sign for Barracuda. So I, I, I went down to the guys and I'm trying to say, hey, guys, there's a bitey thing up there. Um, and before I can signal about this aforementioned, you know, big fucking Barracuda, um, uh, the dive instructor looks at me. He's like, "Oh, hey, Bailey, shark," <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, that's cool." Because there's a yeah. thing up there. Yeah, exactly. So we're getting circled by two gray reef sharks at the bottom of the boat, and they're just like, "Hey, what's up? We're sharks." You know, they'll they'll use the light of the boat to hunt. Oh, I see. And so you know, I'm just thinking to myself, like, I just can't. It's like I both can't win, and also this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> it's yeah. just, uh, and so you know, I hang out. I was like, I'll hang out with the sharks. They seem pretty cool. They seem a little bit, you know, more intelligent. Uh, what and were they? What were they doing? Just, just they were just sweeping, just sweeping around, circling. No, they, they, no, they were just, they were nonplussed with us. See, that's uh, interesting because I have a friend who uh, uh, was really into scuba diving and all that stuff, and he, mm -hmm. you know, he'd come back from some. This is this is a long time ago, but he'd come back from some trip and tell me about it, and I would do the same. Like, no, oh, I'm so terrified, and he's like, no, you wouldn't be if you were doing this trust me you wouldn't you know you'd be surprised at what your body will do yeah it's just like no nope. but, but yeah he told me all kinds of stories about like they'd just be kind of going along and there'd be like a 10 foot great white shark just oh yeah eh, just kind of going along you know and and you know has he never shared with me any sort of experience that was like terrifying or like you know what i mean like, yeah it's pretty bad, it's pretty know? uncommon you really gotta i mean either be in the wrong place at the wrong time or, or purposefully get too close to these animals like yeah there's too. footage of somebody like trying to ride a you know a tiger shark <laughs> and it's like of course he bit you that's <laughs> yeah, that's dummy. darwinism at work like yeah, that's like that's don't do that stupid. It's disrespectful, uh, and so. But uh, long story short, uh, we managed to the, the barracuda slowly drifted away from the ladder, and we made it up. Uh, you know. So that was just you just waited for him to kind of go. We uh, well, we we got up there, uh, and my uh, instructor saw him, and uh, as I shined my light on him, and he looked at us, and he's like, "Everybody, look at this barracuda!" And I'm like, "That, thank you. That's the first time I've seen that. Cool. You know, like thanks mm -hmm. for bringing that to my attention." Mm. Um, and so he doesn't start to rise, so I don't, because this guy's, you know, it ain't, ain't his first yeah, rodeo. Yeah, yeah, he knows. So he shines his light in the barracuda's eye, and so I, I follow suit. And the barracuda gets a little disoriented and kind of, like, drifts away. And so, I'm out. <laughs> so now he's, now he's only about eight feet away from the ladder, and he's like, all right, we're going up. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. You never see me get out of the water so quick. <laughs> I can... Yeah, yeah. I imagine. Uh, but I made it out, and then you know you just look up, and the there's the Milky Way in the sky, you know, because wow. you're so far away. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah that was uh, <laughs> one of the one of my questions for you, because I, I had seen um, you know like whether it be pictures or whatever that you've been to Australia, and I'm like obsessed with Australia right now. Oh, I'm Australia is amazing. Love. Yeah, like you know we're talking about bucket lists and stuff, but like. I don't know, just something about just the culture and the people and the way that, you know, just everything about, and New Zealand as well. Yeah. Like, well, you got to visit know. the Shire. 
Well, yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm sure that gets annoying to people. For well, museums, I'm sure, but, but I'm I'm too much of a nerd at heart not to visit if I'm there. Oh, of course, of course, I would totally do it, be there. But uh, yeah, no, I I just kind of went through this this little like like you know, phase or you know, time in my life. And it had nothing to do with politics or Trump or or whatever yeah, politician. I mean it, it, I it can like, make Australia more alluring, but yes. Yeah, no, but this this was well before any elections. This was just I was going through some personal stuff and I was like, you know what? I'm just kinda done. I need to go someplace else. And yeah. so I started doing all this research and you know you know, New Zealand seemed like the the like, you know, mothership like where it all you know what I mean? And I was like, oh you know you know, after doing research and stuff, it's, it's, you can't just, like, you know, you, especially a place like New Zealand, you can't just, like, be like, yeah, you know what, I'm just going to move there. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, but um, but I learned a lot, mm -hmm. and I, um, I can't wait to go there. Yeah. You know, even if it's just, like, an, you know, a nice oh, yeah. extended period of time. You got to do it. Not to mention that in the hair industry. Is New Zealand big on hair? No, no, not, not Australia. Oh yeah. They are anything that comes out of Australia, whether it be a product line, color line, uh, technology, something you know in the industry, it is gold. Australia's got a strong hair game. They're killing it. Yeah, and I don't know, you know, I don't think it's always been that way. You know, you hmm. always had, uh, uh, you know, um, your, you know, more European. Uh, color companies like Schwarzkopf or whatever that were always just sort of killing it with like anything as far as new technology but nice um, but like at uh, the salon that I was uh, at now like every, we have several um, Australian color lines like um, um, uh, Evo you know stuff like that and uh, it's just amazing technology and it's just different approach to everything you know than what I'm used to hmm. so I feel like okay I gotta I, I've got like a you know you, sometimes you have to justify if you want to go someplace um, especially if it's really far and, or expensive and expensive and so I'm like okay I've got several now, reasons now it's a now it's a career study yeah <laughs> like I got several I got several write that off yeah Love that. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. So, um, but so Australia, you went there, you conquered your fear of the ocean. Mm -hmm. um, what else did you do when you were there? Um, really, that's kind of the long and short of it. You know, just hung out in the jungle there a little bit. So I an know, Australian jungle though is going to be much different than like the Amazon or. Peru yeah, it's a different Indian. flavor. Uh, yeah. What's it? What's just a bunch of bush turkeys, which are very adorable. Made friends with a couple of those. Um, just hiking through the, you know, the, these kind of like half mountain hills. Do you see any crazy snakes and no, spiders? No, you know, you didn't have any. No, no I did not. I've heard so many stories about how, like, I mean, there's so a lot of stuff in out Australia, there. like, uh, just you know, as far as insects and snakes and animals. That yeah, it's really not. Dangerous. It's really not as dangerous as. I mean, obviously, yeah. like you know, you know, just av avoid the places in which. But I, I saw saltwater crocodiles. Ooh. Those are uh, 15 foot long in the wild. They're pretty big. They're pretty mean, but. Uh, you know, just don't jump in the water. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, stay out of the, exactly. Yeah. Um, and where, where did you go in Australia? Uh, Sydney. You were in Sydney? And then to Cairns, which to is Cairns. Uh, in the north end of Australia, where the Great yeah. Barrier Reef sat. Nice. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very cool. Where, yeah. else, where else have you been? Uh, pretty much Peru and Australia right now. I only recently caught the bug. 
Um, you been anywhere throughout Europe or anything mm, yet? No, uh, just traveled throughout the United States, the Southwest, and all that's very beautiful. Have you, I was going to say, you know what? I think I've seen more of Europe than I've seen of the United States. That's oh, definitely nice. something I feel like I need to do. Never been well. to Europe. Like yeah. I think we're we're we're. What's your favorite place in like where do you go in the United States anyway? That like that uh, was uh, had an impact on you. Hmm. I would have to say, like, Utah's pretty beautiful. Utah. I've been to Utah, yeah. It is um, beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, or Arizona. Arizona. Just the red cliffs, like, all that, like, mountains, um, all pretty beautiful. Florida, like, the diving off the coast of Fort Lauderdale is pretty great. What about, um, you ever been to New Orleans? I, uh, my, my mother's from New Orleans. and I, ha she? I Yeah, I haven't, I haven't been there since I was about 12, though. But you've been, though, so you... Mm -hmm. you yeah, yeah that's what, one of the, my places I'd like. Yeah, to. I, I've thought about uh, you know living there and and kind of looping back. I realized I I, I opened up uh, talking about uh, a production and then and we kind of veered off. But uh, Louisiana and New Orleans is a big production town, and that's one of the. Is it really? mm -hmm. oh. It's getting a little smaller than it once was, but like a lot of movies get made there. A lot of movies get made in Los Angeles, obviously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, a lot in Chicago, a lot in New York. And one of the biggest cities these days is Atlanta, Georgia. Um, they are huge. I think they've got all the Marvel movies there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so they've got a lot of stuff going on. Chicago's pretty great. Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, that's kind of one of the premises of our show, you know, it's just kind of like, uh, you know, people, I don't know if, I, I think a lot of people in the industry may know how much cool stuff is going, going down here, but I don't think everybody assumes yeah. that. So we're kind of, that's sort of our, Yeah, definitely. Like uh, I, I managed to get my start here in the film industry. Actually, the first job I ever worked on was Transformers 3. Oh, uh, yeah. As a production assistant. And that was, uh, that was okay. Uh, yeah. It was tough. It was hard work uh, telling people that they had to walk three city blocks to get to work around the giant robot destruction because not everyone's just really happy to see Bumblebee. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure people were having issues. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I got reminded about a lot of taxpayers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I pay taxes and I'm like, that's cool. So I'm sorry. <laughs> um, follow your bliss. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, uh, but that led me to um, Man of Steel, um, where we shot in Plano, Illinois, and a little bit in Chicago. And Man of Steel, man, that was just like summer camp. The cast and crew okay. were so nice. What? What? I'm trying to what was Superman. Superman. Okay. Yeah, okay. with uh, Henry Cavill. I'm not Very so nice up guy. My game is enough on a superhero. Movie. Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, I saw it because uh, I worked on it, and it was, you know, it was fine. I, yeah. I never really followed too much of Superman. He always seemed a little like he's like, okay, well, of course he won. He's Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then that same person uh, who hired me on to Superman hired me on to Chicago Fire. Okay. Uh, and Chicago Fire is really where I kind of got my start. Uh, so I, for four years, I worked from the first to uh, the end of the fourth season on yeah. Chicago Fire and Chicago PD. And after a couple episodes, the producer comes to me and he asks, Bailey, can you shoot and edit? Like, can you shoot what? And shoot and edit. Oh. Uh, and I'm like, what? Yes, whatever you need, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you know, somebody's offering you something. Uh, the opportunities are, you know, being in the right place at the right time, as well as being prepared to accept them. Right. Um, you know, luck and preparation. <laughs> and so I was like, yes, whatever you need. I did. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to edit, but I figured I'd learn. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they. Even what? I'm learning. Yeah, yeah, it's great. 
uh, teaches you a lot about everything editing. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like what cuts together. Uh, but he uh, gave me a job shooting, editing, and directing the making of content, uh, the behind the scenes stuff. Right. And so if anyone has followed the, the Chicago shows and seen like the Facebook or uh, you know, YouTube content, Mm -hmm. uh, either interviews or usually comedic like uh, sketch comedy stuff or improv things with the actors. That yeah, was that was my job. Yeah. And it was uh, it was like four years of college that they paid me to do. My job was to interview passionate people about you know their craft. Yeah. Um, and you know I have since left that in order to to kind of pursue my own projects and to work more in crew. But, but you probably learned like a oh yeah oh yeah how to so now that you have all that in you know in your like toolkit you know mm -hmm. now when you do your own stuff yeah absolutely yeah absolutely and and so it's now now i'm just gonna trying to get a little bit you know when when you want to work in a creative position like a director of photography or a director no one at the Chicago Fire level is going to be like, oh, here's a million dollars, make a movie. And I'm like, oh, cool, I'll just, just on the table, I'll take it. But yeah. uh, uh, so I'm, I'm working, trying to work more in the indie world. And so right been, you know, uh, so I, I just uh, worked on a uh, pilot for internet release, a crime drama uh, by the name of Constance Murphy. Constance uh, Murphy? Constance Murphy. Uh, pardon pardon my, my lost voice. Um, <clears throat> and so... Uh, it's crime drama following a female private investigator, ex-police ex or DA, mm -hmm. uh, attempting to take down a human trafficking program of the Russian mafia. Okay. Uh, you know, for kids. <laughs> and so, lovely. Yeah. So it was very wonderful. I know the director. We've worked together before. Um, and it's just very lovely to, to find the right crew that can support you uh, and allow you to to kind of is create this a what you that, need. that you kind of got on like independently, or yeah, you so had to like find your own crew, or did you? Uh, I found my own crew just from the people and family that I've I've found through my career. Uh, I got the job because uh, the director is by the name of Jeremy Earl, uh, very wonderful, talented uh, ex police officer and actor. Um, and he, I met him on the set of Chicago PD, uh, and I interviewed him. Uh, it's funny because he was playing a villain. Uh, but he's a he was a police officer, mm -hmm. but that's one of the things that, you know, he, he gets typecast as a, as a gangbanger, as a black actor. Um, it was such, such irony that he's a, he's a cop. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, he, I interviewed him about his role and he's like, this is really good. You want to be the director of photography of a film? And so I worked on a, another film of his called Markham Tactical. Um, that was very wonderful. Um, and so he came back a couple of years later and he's like, I got another one. And I'm like, yeah, you do. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And nice. so uh, it was a wonderful set. Uh, and that's why it, it went so well that I lost my voice. <laughs> oh, so you, this is just like as of like what's going on right now. Yes. I, this, I this ended uh, Sunday and it's Thursday now. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, our, we were kind of skeleton crew. So... Uh, I ended up doing uh, a lot of the uh, kind of like making sure that everyone's in the right place and on time, like the kind of like first AD stuff, mm -hmm. um, uh, just because, you know, it needed to get done, Right. Uh, which is fine. Uh, and so 
there's a lot of projecting of the voice that's involved in there, and I, not not yeah, to say I was yelling, yelling at anyone. Said. Like you motherfuckers, I know no, what I was. You mean. Yeah, I was. I was kindly raising my voice. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was uh, wonderful, and I had uh, you know a beautiful camera crew, a wonderful uh, couple of gaffers that um, are in charge of lighting and electric department, um, and you know just couldn't be prouder of those guys. Cool. Yeah. So I'm putting a little bit of. Um, Evo liquid rollers. Liquid like rollers? Secret ingredients. Is, oh, secret ingredients. No, it's not so much secret, but it's my favorite. It, you know, like I, 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 I work with a lot of curl and um, I use a lot of the We Dead products, but like I feel like uh, liquid rollers is always like, it always just works out well. And I feel like, um, you know, I would normally go right to uh, We Dead products if I was doing curl, but with like, you know, your, your guy, your curls, you know, are, are on the top and it gives you just a little bit more hold, um, then, you know, it, it just is, it's a nice finish and you can kind of maneuver around and it doesn't get hard like gel yeah, or anything like that. It gives you some volume. But, um, so yeah, I put a little bit of that in there and then I just want to kind of line it up. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you do what you need to do. Yeah. So what's next? So, uh, is, is that project done, completed? That or? project is filmed. So, filmed, the, so you still have to go. So, we got to do post production now. Yeah. And so, I just handed it off to the editor. Okay. Uh, and the director. Uh, you don't have to do any editing for that then? No, I, I, I would like to be in the editing room and especially for color correction. Mm -hmm. um, and so, the director of this film was also a, uh, an actor in one of the days, and I helped him with direction on that day. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know we're we're just you know we're just close buddies, so both of us uh, together are going to kind of help uh, oversee the post production of this. Mm -hmm. And so it's very we have a very talented uh, editor, uh, Mark Voss, who's going to kind of oversee this. But and so is he? So ahead. I always wonder how it works, like in the, you know in the industry and everything. Mm -hmm. So you do you you know when you're looking for someone to do you know your editing and stuff, is, that's all they do then. Like Sometimes, I mean, like, because uh, I feel like the way that my career has led me, it has kind of put me in the place of being able to do a lot of things like editing and shooting. Um, but they're, you know, specializing uh, is some, sometimes people specialize, sometimes people just do a whole bunch of stuff. Right. And what do you feel like you're... It sounds like you do a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've definitely gr uh, grown into the industry as a jack-of-all-trades, and I'm trying to specify uh, in the realms of being a, a director of photography and just a plain director mm -hmm. uh, for performance. Where'd you uh, go to film school? I went to film school at Columbia College, Chicago. Columbia. For, nice. for cinematography. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um... When I, the little bit of, a uh, limited experience I've had doing film, just commercials, though, nothing mm -hmm. like what you're, you're doing. And, and just hey, commercials are good. Yeah, they're good. Those fun. are the rock star jobs, you get paid more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that was like totally the, 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 the point that was stressed to me, the friend of mine that kind of would sort of give me uh, the, the lead into it, or the, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean, you know how it is in Chicago, like, you, you have to know somebody, Yeah. it's just like, it's, not necessarily. They're, they're less interested in your resume and they're more interested in somebody can tell you that you're worth your salt. Yeah, and... So you gotta be worth your salt, but yeah. Yeah, 
and her big thing was always like she she liked that I could do so many different things and that that's always useful, especially in non-union type things. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was kind of you know always never knew how to to um, feel about that that I like to do a lot of different things, but I think it's definitely strong. No, it's nice. Yeah. It's good to, to I, I feel like, at least for me, uh, it's to the point that I I, sh I feel like I need to start getting a little bit more specific so I can just like improve more completely in the one area. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, so I'm gonna continue down. I've actually got another project coming up uh, in the end of April. I'm gonna be the DP, the director of photography of uh, a horror uh, pilot for internet release. Yeah, so that should oh, be a lot of fun. Cool. Um, uh, Shadows on Haunted Hill. Mm. I know, sounds super spooky. So a show then, though, not, uh -huh. not yeah, a show. Um, like a, a documentary or a movie or you know, mm -hmm. a show. Yeah, so, so hopefully something repeating, because I feel like there's a lot more revenue in, in series <laughs> these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, people yeah. are all into the binge-watching of mm -hmm. shows these days. Yeah, so I'll be doing that. Um, in the interest of continuing uh, to improve as a director, I'm, stu I'm studying uh, acting in Shakespeare and also improv at uh, Second City, which yeah, is just the best uh, place, you know, to go. Yeah. Uh, no, they, they don't do Shakespeare, but they do wonderful improv. Yeah, they do. <laughs> no, but a lot of those, yeah, a lot of those people, they, they study all of it. Um, yeah. I, um, I have a, a client who uh, was kind of like doing the, the, came to Chicago for the, you know, the acting comedy and all that, and ended up uh, his interest being Shakespeare. Dude, Shakespeare's amazing. Uh, and I, I think, because uh, like, you know, you read Othello or Romeo and Juliet in high school, and it's like, I don't know what they're saying. And there's like a level of stubbornness to it. But when you go back, and you kind of yeah. open up your, your willingness to understand and almost read it like a foreign language, like we were talking about Spanish. Because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so th think, because uh, there's, there's, you know, you know the textbook definition, but there's also the emotion, on, the emotion behind it. There's the, uh, you know, there's the context. Mm -hmm. So there's like that classic line that everyone knows uh, in Romeo and Juliet. And it's like, we're for the Romeo. Mm -hmm. um, and so... Uh, what I what I feel what came to my mind, uh, you know, in before I started studying, and what I feel comes to many people's minds is like that classic, like you know, Juliet's up here, like where from the Romeo, and he's like, I'm down here. What's up? Let's hang out. Come on. Yeah. Um, but if you, because just reading the play with footnotes, you know, there's a, like uh, you look at wherefore, uh, and you find that the definition is why. Yep, I was gonna say wherefore out though isn't exactly what people think it means. Yeah, exactly. And so when you think about why are you Romeo? Mm -hmm. uh, and yep. so you think contextually that's when she just found out that he's yep. a Montague. And, and she's it, like, yeah. why is the one motherfucker that I fell in love with gotta be Romeo? That I can't. Like, oh my God, like, why are you Romeo? You know, like, what the fuck? Uh, and I always find that adding uh, expletives like fuck to Shakespeare can really help you find the emotion. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it's, 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 it really unlocks the world into these very beautiful and powerful stories, you know? Yeah. And then you start to realize, like, oh, shit, this is why people like Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out he was a pretty good writer. <laughs> I know that's an unpopular opinion. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, All right, so how's the length? I, uh, I, cut, I didn't cut a whole lot of length off. I kind of just 
uh, trimmed it down. But I did take, uh, you know, I'd say a good amount off here. It's wet right now, so everything's really yeah, yeah. Up. I think I would say I'd, I'd have to know if to, after it dries, but it's looking good. Do you want me to uh, feed yeah. it with the blow dryer? So oh yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Open in the locker. <laughs> it's serious now. It's on. This is where we have to abandon sound, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. If anything, we could just cut it and then come back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Power of editing. Oops. Oh yeah! Whoa! What's that? <laughs> yeah, this is what you use for curls. Oh really? Um, yeah. If you go in there with like a regular blow dryer, it just blows everything all, and then you end up with frizz or an afro. Hmm. So here's the thing: when you're at home, if you don't have one of these, I certainly things, don't. Yeah, you probably don't. Um, you might have a, a friend. Or I usually a, just you know blow it and do this, blow it and do if this. You have a female friend. Uh, I have with, a roommate, but straight, you do. Yeah, she she, she curls one. her hair though. Well, here's the like thing. Like with though. curlers, Almost every blow dryer that you buy will come with one. I'll see. And it's probably like in the bottom of her cabinet, and she doesn't even know what it is. Mm. Most people don't until you tell them. Yeah. But anyway, it, but all that being said, when you're at home and you're selling it, literally like you put product in it and let it air dry, and that's. That's what this is uh, kind of mimicking. Okay. If I, you hit it with a blow dryer, it's just going to go all over the place. It's, it's usually, that's where I've found the most luck, because especially with, like, it's hard enough for me to find it like a product that's vegetarian. Um, oh, oh, by the way, my Evo. I, I checked. That's why I was looking at yep. it. Yeah, good job. I figured you'd like that. Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons. It's not necessary mm -hmm. for, for me personally, but it's one of the things I do really like about them. Yeah, it's, uh, and their it's involvement nice. in just like the environment and yeah. preserving and different. Uh, you know, because they like they made microbeads illegal. Can you hear about that? No. So like in a lot of like uh, facial products that put microbeads for scrubbing away like dirt. Um, it was like for face washes, but microbeads are just plastic, and so yeah. they'd go into the water supply. Oh. Uh, right, and so there was like a huge problem with microbeads showing up like all over water water treatment plants. Wow. So they just made them illegal. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, that's what I love about it. Yeah. Yeah, plastics pretty terrible. Pretty terrible. It's pretty yeah. terrible stuff. There's all kinds of stuff they put in hair products and whatnot to uh, fill and make more of and all that. Yeah. It's terrible. Um, but there's a few that I have sort of kind of like narrowed down to that I just I love them and I will only use those, you know. Um, and we did. It, it's interesting because a lot of the you know, um, you know, department heads and like brand um, ambassador, you know, organizer, organizers and stuff crossed over from Evo and We Dad. Oh, and really? Kind of like uh, there's a lot of crossover with that, and I, you know, and it's the way the, the the products are formulated. Even before I knew that, was like God, this reminds me so much of like Evo products, and then <laughs> I found out that there is sort of a connection there. Uh-huh. Um, just in the, the people that work for them, yeah. that, that, that create the products and engineers and stuff like that. So, hmm. and I always do like the diva curl thing with my, um, with the curls. The I diva did. curl? 
but um, I just recently got certified with you, Dad, and like it just blew. It was like Pandora's box mm -hmm. just opening. Like, Pandora's blew curl. Head open and was like, oh wow! I, now I understand so much more about. You know, it was like a, it was a starting point, but this took me to a different level of understanding. If that makes sense. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. You're By no means master you know, a well, master. Blah, well, blah, blah, blah. I know everything. Know, but well, the best students are teachers, right? Like the more you improve, the more you uh, expand your ability to learn. Yeah. Exactly. You know? So it's like there's there's never like a I'm done. Like, oh, never. Yeah. I mean, with anything, but especially with hair, because yeah. the, the trends, everything's changing so often and quickly. Yeah. To quote a combination of philosophers and Bill and Ted, like, uh, true right. wisdom comes from knowing that you know nothing, and that must make us geniuses. Right. <laughs> Hold on, I just wanted to thin this. Oh, yeah, get in there. Yeah. Just seeing this a little bit of weight. You saying I gotta lose weight? <laughs> no, actually, you're here. Uh, I'm actually the heaviest I've ever been. I'm very proud of it. Yeah, I was gonna say, really? Like, have you ever had that 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 concern I've ever had, in I've your had, life? I've had a lot of trouble gaining weight. Right. I was gonna say I could see that, but mm -hmm. because you're so tall, uh, I mean, yeah. it's it's just like, you know, of course I hate you for that problem, <laughs> but, um, or most people have the opposite mm -hmm. problem. But like, I, I can see that, especially if you have. Mm -hmm. Fairly healthy metabolism. Yeah, and, and, active, and keeping vegetarian. You just gotta, and vegetarian, you know, you gotta like, I can't even imagine how hard it is to just like keep everything, mm -hmm. all those, uh, uh, you know, balances in, in line. Yeah, well, health wise, it's pretty great, but in terms of just like gaining weight, it's just like, all right. It makes it tricky, yeah. Mm -hmm. Gaining weight, I would think, would just be a matter of the muscle, right? Uh, just do yeah. It with, like, yeah. So it's just a matter of like pea protein, hemp protein. Got to avoid soy. Soy has too much phytoestrogen in it. So it's like soy, yeah. literal estrogen. So it like aggravates breast cancer in men and women. Can end yeah. up making you gain weight. I've I've never it's, heard anything positive it's about it. Hyperprocessed. I, I remember like ten years ago, it was like a trend, and I I ordered soy and everything, and then like now all the yeah. information comes out. And I, often, I it. yeah, oftentimes prescribed to women in menopause for the same reason of phytoestrogens, but for everybody else. Yeah, not for a young lad. No, just for everything. <laughs> <laughs> for everything else, aboard. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, awesome. here we are, Bailey. Sweet. You dig it? Now, here's the thing. Uh, everybody, of course, you're going to want to touch it because it's yeah, finished. Yeah, such as. But the less you touch your, because I left it damp on purpose. There's okay. a reason um, you don't Teach take me the hair ways. to 100%, even if you have a diffuser, because uh, there's just something at that last 20% where it, it, it's, the, the follicle just kind of like opens up and if you, you get yeah. frizzed. If you love it, let it go. Yeah, so you can always, like, if, if you don't want to leave the house with sopping wet hair, you just showered, and you hit it with a diffuser, and, and you get it, you know, like, to this point, mm -hmm. just let the rest air sure. dry. But if it's damp like this, you don't want to be messing with it too yeah. much. Okay. Because the more you mess with it, the more uh, uh, it gets bigger and bigger, and next thing you know, you have an afro. Oh, neat. Okay. But how's this? How's the sides? Yeah, everything. Everything's good, yeah. Nice and Yeah, this is trim. great. Is yeah. it short enough? And Oh, absolutely, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't oh, want to like do a, like a skin fade on you. I didn't a, see, oh, like, skin fade, like no, the sides. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> do like a straight but mohawk. It's pretty short. No, I, this is. I like it like this though. This is good. All right, so we got y'all cleaned up. Yeah. Ready to go. Uh, um, don't forget to check us out, guys. We uh, are all over the place these days, but uh, SoundCloud, Vimeo, I, or YouTube. Um, but definitely check out our website www.splittinghairs.com. Um, and you know, share with your friends and 
definitely check out Bailey here. Where can we find you? Uh, sure. I don't have uh, a particular website, but a lot of my travel photography and whenever Constance Murphy or any more of my projects will come out, I'll put it on Instagram. And my tag is just my name, uh, Bailey.Pacorny. So B-A-Y-L-E-Y dot P-O-K-O-R-N-Y is a good check name. Perfect. <laughs> We will keep our website updated with all that info as well. Bye. No bark, Daphne.